And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. It is Sunday night, the regular night that we record this. I am, of course, Joel of the Cape Joel Channel, and joining me, my regular partner in comic book podcasting crime, it's Matt, everyone. Hello, everyone. It's kind of weird for me because i got a new screen, so my camera's sitting on top of it, and the screen sits higher than how I sit. <laughs> So I have to look look up a little bit more. Oh, it's one of those nights. I I got a new camera finally. I finally got that happening, but I'm still trying to figure out how to work uh, the tripod, how to reconfigure where I shoot and everything, because I want to reshoot those little uh, video inserts that I do in my reviews. I want to try and move mm -hmm. that around, maybe do something new with it. So that's been a whole journey in and of itself. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. It is. So, you know, if my video quality <laughs> suddenly starts to not suck out of the blue, you'll know why. Mm -hmm. See, see, I can make this face because we're on video for this show. Yeah, and I can see you and it looks clear and it's not out of focus. <laughs> I know. Isn't that nice? Isn't that good? <laughs> so uh, how was your week, Matt? Pretty good. Pretty good. It was pretty pretty chill we've still been going through like a heat wave here so mm. uh, i i've been trying not to go outside and die so yeah <laughs> that's always nice this uh this week for comics wasn't as crushing as it's been but i still didn't get around to my two side projects that i want to get around to because i still had so many videos to get through yeah yeah i still have heaps to go in terms of reviews and stuff and next week's even bigger as well mm. I have a required reading I want to do on Black Panther, and I want to do a, the story so far on Black Bolt, and I want to do something with all this hot sauce that I bought, but I just can't seem to find the time for it. <laughs> Days like this, I, I complain and be like, man, I need an assistant, I need an unpaid intern. Yeah, I, need, I think we both do. <laughs> I need a life coach, I need someone to like kick my ass and get me to work on this stuff. <laughs> but I got a haircut, though. So much to the point oh, you wouldn't good. be able to tell that I got too much of one, but I did. No, no, I, I wouldn't be able to tell anyway. Very subtle, but they paid me full, or they made me pay full price for this subtle haircut. <laughs> it's my own fault, really. I kind of liked the girl who was cutting my hair, so I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, whatever you want to do, yeah, just, just keep going, whatever, it's all good. <laughs> Which is not a good <laughs> way to get your haircut. Just, yeah, you know, sure, no. whatever, yeah, just go for it. Yeah, she could have just enlightened her, shaved it all off, and uh, yeah. yeah, that looks good, looks good. Which, I've gotten that done, and in fact, I probably should have, because any haircut I get, I'm just going to put under my hat, because it's wintertime, or my toque, to all you Canadians out there, just going, toque it up. <laughs> so I could have just done that, I probably should have just done that, because then I wouldn't have had to get my haircut again for another two months. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, <clears throat> live and learn. So we actually do have some interesting news stories to cover this week, Matt, and uh, we also, uh, again, as we mentioned, there are some big developments in uh, what we were reading this week, so we'll be sure to cover that one as well. Yep, definitely. Uh, which story would we like to cover first? Would you Would you like to pick one, Matt, from the list? I never let you pick. I always just kind of read it off. Um, well, I don't have a list in front of me because if I do your uh, video, will go away. Oh, but okay. I think, in that case, um, I'll read gonna, off it. <laughs> I've, I I know a story that that is on the list, and I think we both want to talk about. All right, then you you go for it, Matt. You do you. And that is the return of Superman's underwear. The the red trunks, <laughs> they're coming back. It only took a thousand issues. Well, actually, took it a little less than a thousand issues, but they are returning. All red, everything. Yeah, they're they're actually returning before this though. Oh, really? Yeah, their their first, well, apparently their first appearance is going to be in uh, Green Arrow thirty eight. Really, really, they're coming yeah, back in a yeah. Green Arrow the, issue. The 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 artist uh, Juan uh, Fierra posted a picture from that issue of Superman in in those trunks. Oh shit! I guess that's the timeline then that the events of Green Arrow happen after the events of Action Comics number one thousand. Yeah, and I think Action 1000 happens, or maybe the main story happens after Doomsday Clock. I don't right. know. Because it's going to be one of those big anthology books with everyone writing a story, including Brian Michael Bendis having a story in this. 
yeah, that'll be his first DC uh, story, and that comes up very soon in April. It does. It comes out very soon. People are already getting super excited about that. In fact, I may have a special video coming up over on another channel relating Ooh. to this story. So, you know, just keep keep that one, uh, keep you in suspense <laughs> for that. I think we can all agree, and I know Matt and I have been pushing this forever, it's about damn time the trunks come back. Yeah, I, I, I really like them, and I, I like the current costume he has now, but, mm -hmm. like, the trunks, they they break up that blue. And, and they're it, iconic. It, it, yeah, and it, it looks right. It just looks right. It looks proper. It's the way Superman will always be remembered in pop culture with the trunks. You can't fight it. They You already had them like that for, like, 75 years. There's no going back on it. You had a good run with trunkless Superman. This Superman, as we've had, is probably the best looking without trunks he's been. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I asked the question, I wonder at what point in the story will he finally say, you know you know what, like he's talking to John and Lois, you know what, guys, this is when we start wearing these on the outside now. <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what are you, what are you gonna do about it? it it's interesting as well because we saw like that Jim Lee, I, I think it was a cover or something for the, for the thing, and that might be his redesigned costume. The one thing that I hate about it, and I don't know why Jim Lee keeps doing it, he keeps like putting like cuffs on his characters. Oh yeah, he these loves the, these it. like metal cuffs and like lines and stuff. I have no idea why he, he likes it. Loves it. He's and, always loved it. Yeah, and it's the one thing I hate about his art. He always has these cuffs or, like, lines in the costume that don't need to be there. Lee, Lee loves cuffs in the way Liefeld loves pouches. <laughs> no, more cuffs, more pouches, more cuffs. <laughs> or who's, a, who's the Kingdom Hearts guy there? The guy who loves belts so much? Like, that guy loves belts. Yeah, and you wear belts, belts on your head, belts on your neck, belts everywhere. <laughs> all belts, all the time. I, but yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about the red trunks, and I think now is definitely the time for it for a number of different reasons. I think we can all agree that one of the big reasons Superman dropped the trunks in the beginning of the New 52 was because he wasn't going to have them during Man of Steel. Yeah, I think so. I think the movies were starting to, like, sort of influence the comics a little bit. Well, they wanted to do a multimedia push. Again, they wanted to be like Marvel. It's like, well, all our shit's got to line up, right? So we got to start thinking about that in, adva in, uh, in advance, which yep. would have worked and would have been good if only people accepted Man of Steel and Justice League and everything <laughs> else. And I think after people voted with their wallets with Justice League, they could all agree, yeah, let's not do this anymore. Let's just let the comics be the comics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think they've realized that they need to bring that back. And as it should be as well as for issue 1000, this celebration of this character, they need to bring those back. Yeah, he had trunks for longer than he didn't. I, I of course, posed this question on Twitter to everyone else, and I want to pose it to you now on the show. If Superman gets his shorts on the outside back as of issue 1000, does that mean we have to wait till issue 1000 of Detective Comics for Batman to do the same? <laughs> maybe I'd, I'd like to see batman's come back we know he did have a costume that did have them before his current one he did it would be something for like uh batman to be like oh clark's uh clark's wearing the trunks on the outside again huh well, <laughs> well i can't let that kryptonian fucker outshine me huh look i'm doing it too <laughs> batman can do it too in fact all you robins you gotta start doing it again <laughs> damien put these on and damien will be like no fuck you It'll be like, okay, well, Duke will put it on because Duke is my good son. And Duke's like, I'm not even your son, man. <laughs> I exist in a weird nether realm of the Bat family. Look, Duke, this, this is what will get you over as a sidekick. This is what will make the fans love you. Put, this, put these little uh, short shorts on and these elf boots and people will love you. Uh, instant, instant hit. Instant hit, instant love. That's what it would do. But yeah, I mean, because uh, it's like the thing, every other hero does it. Every hero is drawn that way because Superman did it first and everyone lost their trunks around the same time he lost them. Yeah, yeah, it was like that That whole, like, yeah, the start of the New 52 where they, they wanted to be more modern, quote unquote. Yeah, which it's funny, sometimes when you try super hard to be modern, you end up being even more dated even quicker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason when people look back at haircuts from the 80s and go, man, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, that was the style at the time. <laughs> 
no trunks was the style at the time yeah yeah now that's not it's it's more about legacy and yes. everything nowadays yeah let's let's if it ain't broke don't fix it and i'm glad they finally yeah. learned that yeah uh, speaking of Batman stuff, and I was just to kind of dovetail and segue, uh, Chris Priest, who has been doing a, I think, a great job on Justice League, and been doing a great job reinventing Deathstroke, he's going to be getting a brand new book very soon for the summer, and it's Batman versus Deathstroke, the series? What? Okay. So it's it's an ongoing? For me. They're making it sound like it's an ongoing. I don't know how they could keep this going for an ongoing series. No, no. I don't. It's like every week they decide to fight each other. It's it's even weirder because it's like, okay, so Batman versus Destro, yeah, it's a cool concept, but you've done it like five times in the last yeah. couple of years that I can recall. Batman and Robin fought Deathstroke and Rose in the beginning of Deathstroke, which was written by Christopher Priest, Batman and Deathstroke fought a bunch in his own book, and they fought again during the last Deathstroke run before this. What what are you going to bring to this that is new and different that we haven't seen before when these two fight? I'd love it that he completely like throws off. He's like, oh yeah, it's Batman and Deathstroke. I just didn't say which Batman. Oh, shit. And it's like like future Damien or something or Terry or something. That's actually very clear. And Pri- Priest would fuck you around like that. He would totally yeah. mess with you and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? I actually meant this. Or like do something where like we have like every every issue or every couple of issues is Deathstroke fighting a different Batman. So mm. like he fights Bruce and then Dick and then Damien and then maybe Tim and then Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a cool concept, and, like, I definitely think Christopher Priest enjoys the idea, and he's definitely toyed with it in Deathstroke, where it's like, you know, Deathstroke is a really good, cracked-mirror version of Batman, because, you know, he's he's just a human who does it all on his own, despite his super serum drugs that give him all these powers. You know, he has a very dysfunctional family of sidekicks and everything, and, you know, he has he has his own butler, he has his own evil Alfred in Wintergreen. Mm-hmm. See, that's a fight I'm more interested in, in Alfred versus Wintergreen, the <laughs> battle of the geriatrics. Who will win? That 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 would be pretty cool. I, I like to think they wouldn't fight. They just like sit down, have tea, and just talk about like their their shitty masters. They they would. <laughs> like, oh, they they make me do all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, that is what they would do because Wintergreen is always like the cooler head prevails guy. And so is yeah. Alfred. It would be nice to see them sit and talk it out and be like, oh, your your adopted son's a bit of a dick too, huh? Yeah, mine as well. <laughs> oh, but we're both so British and stiff upper lip. Oh, I'm sure they'll work it out. <laughs> that would be fun. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I think there's actually places you could go with this series. Yeah. Now, they they obviously because it hasn't been brought back but is it going to be like an elseworld like is it going to be separate from the main universe they're making it sound like it's the main universe but then again deathstroke is back in his old costume and again i'm I'm about two issues behind on deathstroke but supposedly he's still trying to be a hero and he's got the white and black costume and his own super team i'm i'm guessing this lets us know that deathstroke goes back to being a villain (laughs) yeah that's why i was asking because yeah he's being like superhero at the moment I guess that does not last. No. That's a shame. I I know. I've been enjoying this new thing. Well, you know what I think it is? Uh, Once again, I think the movies had some pressure on this for that The Batman Project, whatever it might be. Supposedly, Deathstroke was supposed to be the villain in that Batman movie, so maybe they're trying to prime the pump for that if that ever happens. Yeah, yeah. If that ever happens. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot up in the air at the moment. But yeah, hey, from one grizzled badass to another grizzled badass, uh, some other news we got this week. Charles Soule is going to be penning the Hunt for Wolverine series, the big return of the original OG Wolverine. Makes sense. He's the one who killed him. He should be the one to bring him back. Yeah, four years ago now. And I, I, I feel that so much time has passed, people forgot how good Death of Wolverine actually was. Like, it mm-hmm. very easily could have been tacky, and it could have been, like, another cash, and like, oh, we're killing a character for real this time. But no, Charles Souls actually made it a real love letter to Wolverine, killed him in a spectacular fashion, and then he actually stayed dead until right now. 
yeah, four. That's pretty long time. That's got to be one of the longest like character deaths in but, recent like, years. Bar- yeah, barring like like the Fantastic Four, they they're not really dead. They're just they're in just gone. <laughs> they're just in studio limbo. Yeah, or or like Jean Grey, and even then, even when she was gone, she still yeah. kind of came back. Actually, it's funny. Yeah. Like all the longest deaths, I think, have belonged to X Men. Hmm. For whatever reason, but yeah, I'm yeah. Exci- I'm excited to see this come back. Have you been following the uh, Where's Wolverine thing in your comics? Has that touched any of the books you've currently read, where Wolverine shows up at the end for like a second? Yeah, yeah, it's touched some of the books. I did. I haven't been reading um, Mighty Thor, but I did see like the little tag at the end of that. I thought that was that pretty was, cool. That was this week. It's nice. He brings Jane flowers in the hospital. I thought that was nice. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I like what they've been doing with him. They've just been teasing him yeah. every now and then. Yeah, they're definitely building up the anticipation. I hope it's worth it. It's, it's funny. The Jane bit made me laugh because obviously he shows up in Captain America. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because, you know, Cap is his war buddy and everything, and he's a big figurehead in the superhero community. Of course, he would come to him. Coming to Jane is kind of funny because he's like, oh, give these flowers to my friend Jane. I'm like, how well do you know Jane, Logan? Like, I know <laughs> I know she's around superhero functions for years before she ever actually became a hero in her own right. But I mean, like, are, are you saying friends in the Christian sense? Like, we're all friends in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Was she even Thor when he died? No, no, that I was that was sure. like just before, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like just before. No, she wasn't even Thor yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, unless he's just really bored now and is just going around playing guardian angel to everyone in need, going, "Hey, here's some stuff for you, and here's some stuff for you." <laughs> no, I can't reveal myself yet, because <laughs> apparently this is all tied into that Infinity storyline, and he's got a stone and some other shit. Yeah, he's carrying around like the, the mind stone or something. Uh. How did he get that? I don't know. We'll have to read Hunt for Wolverine, and we'll have to read Infinity to find out. Well, we saw how he got it in, in Marvel Legacy. Oh, that's stole right. He ran over one of the ice giants. Yeah, that was stealing it for Loki. Right. They they stole it, and he stole it back. Yeah. No no givesies backsies. <laughs> it's not really stealing if you steal it from the person who stole it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited for that one. I will definitely check that one out. I'm also at the point now where I'm kind of hungry for a Wolverine story because I ditched all the X-Men books. I didn't have the time for it anymore, and I just didn't care. But now that they have the rights back, I guess I'll have to start caring again because they're clearly <laughs> making them a bigger deal now than they've been, which is good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. And what they're doing with this event as well, they've obviously got tie-ins for this, but mm. the tie-ins sound really interesting because each tie-in is a different genre. Yeah. So we have a, a hard-boiled detective story, an action one. Uh, I think there's a romance one and a horror one. All the all the different sides that make up Wolverine. I'm about it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. And hey, uh, speaking of romance and speaking of mutants, and we absolutely were, uh, Marvel had been teasing for a little bit. They're like, oh, the wedding of the century. You know, two characters are finally tying the knot. And people were, you know, awash with... Uh, what is it with theories about like oh could they finally be getting Mary Jane and Peter back together? I keep dreaming. Apparently, oh you know could they be uh, marrying these characters? But no, it turns out the characters getting married are Kitty Pride and Colossus. Eh. Yeah. All right. I I, I know there's way bigger X Men fans than you and I, Matt, who lost their shit over this one and were so hyped. And by all means, I'm not gonna take that away from you. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, they're, they're all right characters. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Again, I've been kind of lukewarm on X-Men recently, but hopefully this uh, this helps kickstart it in a right direction. But, you know, I'll, I'll wait till the books are eventually reshuffled because, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to come. It's coming soon. It's going to be coming very soon. So I, I hope you enjoyed uh, Gold and Blue because <laughs> I'm sure they'll change that around for something else. I guess Red has to continue because Red is just starting. <laughs> Yeah, Red's coming out soon. I wonder, will they change the titles again, or will they just reshuffle the books? I think that maybe they'll just change the titles. I mean, that seems I, it, like the way. I think it. I think it like kind of depends, especially with like Red coming out. If Red's like really popular, that one will keep going. Mm. Whereas like these other two, which have kind of been lukewarm, kind of good and bad, might be reshuffled. I mean, it would be really easy just to change Red's name at the last second. To, oh, did we say it was X-Men Red? We meant it was Jean Grey and the X-Men. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Now you got Jean Grey and the X-Men. That's your book, and that's basically what it is. 
Yeah. Uh, Uncanny X-Men can probably stay because it's Uncanny X-Men. That's already a title. But like X-Men Gold and Blue, you're like, what? Okay. Yeah, Astonishing can stay as well. Astonishing, yes. Oh, sorry, Astonishing what I was thinking of. There is no Uncanny X-Men right now. They'll probably turn one of those books into Uncanny X-Men, though, because that was always the title. Yeah, probably. That's the title people always looked for. I bet if they reshuffle them again, and this is me using my Joel Stradamus crystal ball to look into the future, (laughs) one book will just be called X-Men, one book will just be called Uncanny, They'll probably keep astonishing, or they'll fold that into one of the other books, and then uh, Red will either stay Red or become Jean Grey and the X Men. Yeah, that's my pitch. And then I guess we'll probably have to have an X Force at some point because Deadpool and Cable need to go somewhere, and they also need to get re uh, reintegrated into the X Men line of books because they kind of they kind of divorced them from the X Men. It was kind of like you know you go over here and do your own thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they don't really show up, and they've they've been showing up in that in that um, or at least Cable has in that um, uh, Phoenix Resurrection event, yeah. which apparently is quite good from what I understand. I haven't picked it up yet, but it everyone is. who likes X Men says it's great. It is. It's really good. That and Grand Design, I might actually pick up because those actually kind of what is it tickle to tickle my what is it uh my bone for x-men that i actually do like no someone was telling me too apparently uh what is it emma frost shows up in one of the new gene gray resurrection books and they completely ignore everything that's happened to her in like the last three years <laughs> i know she was a big part of um the the gene gray book right. recently because she had like part of like the gene gray phoenix in her or something Ooh. Yeah, because, like, uh, someone showed me a panel, and she's just back to being the White Queen again. And it's like, hey, weren't you wearing, like, a terrible tribute costume to Cyclops when he died, and then you kickstarted the whole war between X-Men and humans? That didn't happen. <laughs> I, I'm behind an issue on Phoenix Resurrection, but it could be set in, like, that weird world Gene finds her in where, like, people like Jamie Madrix are still alive. Oh, shit, okay. And, like, Cyclops is still alive and everything. Damn, that does sound interesting. I should read that. I should read that, and I should read Doctor Strange, too, because he actually played a big part in Thor this week. Oh, okay, then. He's like a veterinarian now, because he's not Sorcerer Supreme anymore. Loki is, so he took his job, so Steven had to get a new job. (laughs) And he goes from being, like, a surgeon oncologist to being a veterinarian. I'm like, that's actually cool, and he cut his hair. (laughs) I'm like, I actually like those things. Those are things that have me interested. (laughs) And, uh, hey, speaking of big change at Marvel here, perhaps one of the biggest stories that happened this week, uh, there was a lot of talk. Uh, Dan Slott made it official that he's ending Spider-Man with issue number 100 and a new storyline involving the Red Goblin. He's already kind of moving the pieces back into place for the next writer so he can have a clean slate. And there was a lot of talk and a lot of rumoring to, you know, where where is he going to go next? after he's done spider-man and this week we found out yeah he's going to iron man sounds good yeah i'm up for it yeah i'm up for this too i mean you know i think we can all agree that uh what is it the iron man book has been a little aimless under bendis (laughs) for like the last i don't know three or four volumes as is often the case with (laughs) bendis especially in the last little bit where it seems like he already had a foot out the door anyway while writing yeah, I, I was talking on Twitter with people about this, which is it's really strange that he kind of, like, gave up on the book, especially once it became, like, Riri, who was his creation, it became, like, her flagship book. So I would have thought he would have cared about it like he did Miles. Yeah, I mean, well, I think he saw the writing on the wall, and in fact, I think one of the reasons I stopped reading the Miles Morales book, because it seems like he gave up there as well, I think he saw the writing on the wall and with certain rumors they're talking about now where it's like, well, maybe Miles is going to stop being Spider-Man and going to be a different type of character. Maybe he got discouraged. Maybe he got like, oh, so you're not going to treat my characters good, huh? Well, then I give up then. I'm just going to half-ass it until I can go work for the competition. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we might even see, like, Riri get phased out. Which is sad because I thought those characters had a lot of potential despite the fact that certain people wouldn't accept them for different reasons. But hey, it is what it is. Actually, Riri actually had a great bit in Spider-Man this week. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. She was helping uh, all the Avengers fight a group of villains who were working for the Tinker. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Cool. I like that. That's good stuff. But yeah, slot on Iron Man. You know, say what you want about Dan Slott, and many people have, 
myself included, especially this week, <laughs> with one of the Spider-Man books he did. But you know what? The man knows new directions, and the man knows how to shake up status quos, and that's everything the Iron Man book needs at the moment. Definitely. It definitely needs something new. And though that's something new, I hope is kind of a return to like tony stark iron man i think it's uh you know being being here maybe bring roadie back somehow that would be interesting or you know just have riri become the new roadie be like hey yeah i'm I'm back as iron man but you know what i i I have an opening for a black friend and here's the war (laughs) machine is it the war machine suit cool don't you want to get into that (laughs) you know it actually works unlike your suit (laughs) yeah it actually works yeah, well, they keep going back and forth on that. It was like, ah, oh, I built it with a box of scraps, but I also had the good material. But for story purposes, it needs to break down every so often. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. I'd be okay with that. It would be a way to be like, okay, so we're moving the character into a in the background, but she's not completely phased out. Yeah, and I'd obviously like to see what's happening with um. Uh, Victor Von Doom, what he's up to. I I keep thinking, I think the writing's on the wall for that, too. I think he will be the villain of this new Dan Slott run. You reckon? I do, which is actually kind of cool in its own right, because that means we get to see Dan Slott write Doctor Doom. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I I, I think that's what they want to do. They want to slowly but surely start the march for Victor Von Doom back to being a bad guy. Yeah, I think with the return of the Fantastic Four, there's probably gonna happen i mean i hope they give him a good send-off i hope they give him a good reason to return to villainy but i definitely think that's the way they're going with it uh slot gave a very in-depth interview too about what he had planned for iron man and i liked what he had to say you know he compared him to reed richards where you know reed richards is the guy who's always trying to find a better future who's always trying to you know find the truth out there man but where you know him because he's a scientist and because he's a man and an adventurer, he's all about building the future, about building the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I like that. I I I like a Tony build type series. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. That does sound like a lot of fun. I'm all right with that. And you know, with Dan Slott back on it too, you know, they're treating uh, Iron Man like a flagship series, as it should be. Yeah, like they listened to what we said a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, make make your flagship <laughs> series flagship series, and then people will want to read them, and hopefully, you know, the books will take care of themselves. So yeah, I mean, that's that's the news, everyone. That's some pretty good stuff, some stuff to look forward to, pretty positive about everything, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah, it's a good time to be a comic book fan. Most most deaf, looks like everything, the, the puzzle pieces are falling into place, everything is as <laughs> it should be, as they say. So, I mean, I guess with that, we can hop on over into what we read this week. And I read a fair amount this week, Matt. How about you? I did as well. All right. You want to go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay, I'll go first then. Well, I was already talking about Dan Slott, so let's talk about a book that ended this week. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Venom Inc. Omega, the end of the Venom Inc. storyline. Right. Crossover storyline. It's not all Dan Slott. It was Dan Slott and Mike Costa. Okay. Yeah, it was fucking dumb. <laughs> just, just full stop. It was, it was fucking dumb. Like, I mean, Venom Inc. wasn't gonna win any prizes for being, you know, a cerebral book of the year or anything. But it started <laughs> off pretty cool. It was nice to see Flash Thompson come back. He got to be the anti-Venom now because I think they've given up on having him be Venom. Period. Especially because Eddie Brock's gonna be in the movies. <laughs> Again, but yep. they're like, hey, we gave him a suit, and it's kind of like his old suit. And I'm like, all right. And hey, you know, remember, you remember Lee Price, that Venom everyone hated when we tried to launch a new Venom for some reason. Well, he's the <laughs> villain in this, only he's fucking stupid because apparently he pulls new symbiote powers out of his ass all over the place, where he's like, oh, I can regurgitate symbiotes, and then they latch onto your face like an alien face hugger, and then I can control your mind. Oh, that's amazing. What what are you going to do with this power? Are you going to, like, go after the Avengers or the President or Captains of Industry and, like, you know, take over the world all like they live body stature style? No, I'm going to go after the five families because I want to be Kingpin of New York. Oh. That's oh, it. He, he's shooting for the stars. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a villain with so much power shoot so low as this guy. <laughs> Like, shockingly, there's a point where he has control over Spider-Man. He's like, ha, I will ruin Spider-Man's reputation as to help further my plan. And I'm like, 
you don't want him to unmask for you or anything, so you can, like, know who he is and use that against him in the future. No, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could have, like, controlled him, taken him into, like, a public place, unmask him, and just, like, get him to reveal everything. And... Yeah, you're, you're not even going to threaten this? You're not going to, like, go through his phone for, like, superhero <laughs> contact? Him? No, no, okay, fine, whatever. You, you, you do you, man. And then at the end, you know, it turns into a big dumb kaiju movie where he's like, oh, I'm recalling back all the symbiotes to me and I'm growing big. I'm the big Venom Stay Posh Marshmallow Man. And I'm like, wow, this is really dumb, too. And the heroes, oh, we're fighting him, but oh, we can't beat him for some reason, even though the Mania symbiote is no more or less powerful than the other ones. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're all out of anti-venom bullets. What do we do? I don't know, sound, fire, any of the other things you know that actually work on symbiotes? Why did, <laughs> why did you all forget this all of a sudden? Because stupid. Because we're stupid. And then eventually they find out the key to stopping uh, Lee Price is for anti-venom to get some of Peter Parker's radioactive spider blood so he can level up and become Super Saiyan Flash Thompson. <laughs> And his suit grows spikes and, like, big protrudy like, arm razors because for some reason the Spider-Man books are really obsessed with characters having little stinger things on their arms. <laughs> and, then, and then they launch him at Maniac and then he, like, blows him up and everything. Which is extra dumb because up until now the whole theme of the story has been about how, like, oh, not, not every symbiote is evil, Spider-Man. You need to give them a chance, you know? It's all about who's wielding them. Meanwhile, they just execute this symbiote for no good reason. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is really stupid. But the dumbest part actually comes at the end with Black Cat because you'll recall she's been the kingpin of crime up until now, right? Yeah. That's been her story since the end of Superior Spider-Man. So she's been like this for years now. She's like, oh yeah. no, Lee Price destroyed my empire. I better go back to just being anti-hero Black Cat. And all I can think is like, he didn't destroy your empire. He took over your henchmen. They're fine. Your henchmen aren't dead. <laughs> your empire is fine. It's not like he destroyed your businesses or burnt your money or anything. You're still fine. If anything, the criminals of New York will respect you more because you helped defeat Lee Price and free them from the evil mind-controlling symbiotes. But no, she's just done being a kingpin of crime now, and she's just going to go back to being old Black Cat, which I think was Dan Slott being like, okay, here's one of the bigger things I've changed. I've reset the characters now for the next writer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but but I hope you enjoyed that, because that's just one of several new Venom series coming uh, very soon. He's going to have a crossover with X-Men Blue starting this week, I think. And then after that, there's the Venom Venomized event crossover. God, jeez. And this is all because he's probably because of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, they have some weird fascination with, with Venom. I have no idea what it is. I, I think in their heart of hearts, Marvel has always loved Venom and has <clears> always <throat> loved slapping Venom on the covers of things because they know that like anything with Venom increases prices. It's been that way since the 90s. But now it's like, oh, well, now he's in a movie. Now we actually have an excuse to do so. Put Venom in everything for no reason. <laughs> because, you know, that Venom movie, everyone's going to want to see that. Oh, yeah, everyone. I mean, everyone. I know I, I'm, you know, pre-ordering my midnight release tickets. And... Oh, you should. Because, <laughs> I mean, those are those are going to sell out. You better do that. <laughs> I mean, did you see Tom Hardy in that, like, uh, set photo they yeah. showed? He, he, was he had a notebook. And a shirt. We've never seen Venom <laughs> with a shirt before. It's never been done before. It's risky. It's risky. It's a, it's, it's a bold move. They may have gone too far in a couple places, but we'll see if it pays off. <laughs> But yeah, so that was Venom Inc. Started strong, but boy, did it ever end weak. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, weak, weak sauce. Give me, g give me a palate cleanser, Matt. Give me something better. <laughs> well, well, I was going to talk about Batman issue thirty-nine. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's let's talk about this. Oh boy. Oh man, get 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 your hating shoes on, everybody, because boy, howdy, this was a big steamy piece of crap, wasn't this one? Yeah, this was a pile of shit. <laughs> and after, like, three issues of Tom King actually winning me over to his side on his Batman yeah. book, where it's like, yeah. wow, you know, he can really write a good Superman, and wow, through the Lois and Clark relationship, I actually do kind of get what he's doing with Catwoman yeah. and Batman, because, you know, because love is blind and everything, you know, they deserve to be happy. And even that little mystery one-off he did with the serial killer who just so happened to call himself Bruce Wayne, I'm like, all right, that's kind of clever. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was a cool issue, but yeah, yeah. this issue was shit. You, you, you hear that sound? That pss, that's Tom King pissing away all the goodwill he had, and not even with us. Like, here's the thing, man. You and I have always kind of been on the outset of Tom King, where it's like, I don't know, everyone loves him, but a lot of this seems really dumb. And everyone's like, oh, shut up, he's the best Batman writer of all time. Here, a lot of people changed their minds, and a lot of people were like, you know what, maybe he's always been crappy, and we've just been lying to ourselves. Yeah, a lot of people kind of started to realize that, and, it, and it's it's partly due to how he, he um, wrote Wonder Woman this issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he writes a Wonder Woman unlike any other, by which I mean she's cold, abrasive, mean-spirited, and also kind of a homewrecker for no good reason. Yeah, for some reason she was being she was like flirting with Bruce and everything, like for no real reason. Yeah, and I mean like the like the fact that he even needs to get Wonder Woman on board with him marrying Catwoman felt unnecessary. It's like, well, but by winning Superman over, he wins over the heart of the superhero universe, and clearly Clark will go to bat for him with all the other Justice Leaguers, right? He doesn't he doesn't have to do this with everyone on the team, does he? No, remember that this issue is the same issue that, you know, he, he absolutely dogs on Superman saying he's not a fighter or anything, you know, yeah. <laughs> saying Batman, him, a human, is better than, you know, a, a literal god at fighting a never-ending war. <laughs> yeah, after in the last issue of like, oh, he's my best friend and, you know, I'm afraid to talk to him because, you know, I wouldn't want him to think any less of me. He does a complete 180 on that here and goes, Superman ain't shit. <laughs> I'm shit. Look at my awesome Dark Knight armor that I built because I thought I'd be fighting a fantasy war at some point. <laughs> and that's that's just one of many like logical problems that start to build up and make no goddamn sense in this issue. So there is a guy called the Gentleman who exists somewhere in some pocket dimension who fights an unending war against demons who are trying to break into our world. The Justice League met him at some point during some adventure somewhere. Yeah. And never mentioned at anywhere else, you know. Until this moment, which Tom King loves this. This is what I hated about that Tali Al Ghul thing where it's like, tell us where we are. Tell us the rules. Yeah. Nope, nope, don't want to tell you things. Nope, not going to no. tell you. I uh, I no. wanted to I want to tell my story my way, Matt, and you know, giving like facts <laughs> and context will ruin that. So I'm just not going to yeah. say anything. I, I I go from from the Brian Michael Bendis book, which is continuity doesn't exist and ain't shit. No, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. But yeah, so Batman and Wonder Woman decide. Well, well, Batman doesn't really decide. Wonder Woman decides for them. Oh, hey, we're going to go and we're going to relieve the gentleman and we're going to let him have a night off and we're going to go fight this never-ending wave of demons for him because we like yeah. him that much. And But why does it have to be those two? Why couldn't it just be like the League? Yeah, why? Because it, it it the time works different. They could go for like couple of hours and be there for like 50 odd years well well they don't know that we'll get to the time shit in a minute matt but yeah wonder woman says that batman needs to come with her because he's the greatest hand-to-hand -hand combatant on earth next to her and in this world superpowers don't work and you know it's only your martial skills that matter to which obviously raises a bunch of red flags where it's like well technically superman could have been useful in this because while he has superpowers that's his own inherent genetics how how does this dimension work in stifling metahuman abilities yeah yeah it doesn't make much sense there's, and like why why wouldn't his powers work when their sun is yellow because that's where his powers come there's from there's clearly a yellow sun in this universe so that shouldn't be a problem also if it's just martial strength you're after why just take Batman? Why not take like Bronze Tiger and Black Canary and like yeah, I don't the know the best fighters in the DC Ted Grant. Ted all Grant, best fighters. Richard Dragon. This would have been a great showcase for like, and here's all the guys who are really good with their fists. But not nah, just Wonder Woman and Batman will be fine against a never-ending army. Two two, two yeah. people are fine. Also, too, Wonder Woman clearly had her power. She was clearly super yeah. strong and super durable and super everything else. She's a demigod, which means she gets her powers from, you know, I guess, magical ancient biology or whatever, but her powers are baked into her. Why wasn't she affected? Exactly. It, it, the, the, the rules of this universe are fast and loose. To which to say there's almost no rules at all. It's just like, look, I want Batman and Wonder Woman to go on an adventure together. I don't care how we get there, but no one else can come. 
And also, too, it's like Batman's only been married to Catwoman for, like, how long now? And he's already like, okay. Well, he isn't even married. He's, like, engaged. They're engaged. Yeah, he's only been engaged for how long? And he's already like, okay, honey, going away on a possible suicide mission. See you later. Oh, yeah, and also take the gentleman out on the town for me, will ya? And do so in your civilian mode. So, you know, be sure to reveal your secret identity to this guy you're just meeting. Yeah, this guy who we don't know how will act. <laughs> no, in fact, we don't even know his name beyond the gentleman. No, but we we learn he has a a wife, and apparently, and that's it. Well, we know he has a wife, and the thing is, he's not actually from ancient times, despite the fact that he wears ancient armor, fights with a sword, and fights a bunch of demons. No, he's actually from modern day, and the reason is, is because this dimension, time moves differently, you know, like an hour there is like 50 years, 100 years, whatever. You know, you don't age, but time moves super, uh, super fast, or super slow, however you want to look at it. So, let me get this straight. Batman and Wonder Woman jumped into this universe not knowing the rules. No. This is Batman who who needs to know everything and everything Mr. and anything about this this these places. Mr. Paranoid, you know. Mr. Greatest Detective, Mr. Always Prepared. And there's even a line when they say, "Oh, we've been here so long. I don't know if the gentleman's ever going to come back." You mean you didn't have an exit strategy for this place? You're just like, oh, well, the gentleman will come back and pick us up at some point, right? <laughs> Which begs the question, how did you even get in there to begin with? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's so fucking dumb. And then, then you really rub the salt in the wound because it's like, okay, here's a bunch of illogical bullshit and here's where you add the character stuff. So we've just gotten people on board with Catwoman and Batman as a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Let's throw a curveball in there. What if uh, one night of, uh, you know, after fighting demons and everything, eh, what if Batman and Wonder Woman decide to bone? Yeah, yeah. Oh, drama. We got drama now. Uh, I think they have a word for that, Matt. It's called soap opera. <sighs> Which I know all comics are basically at their heart soap operas, but it's like, this was a poor choice after just getting us on board with this. Now you're making Batman a cheater and making Wonder Woman a seductress. No, bad. Bad Tom King. Bad. Yeah, especially after they tried to do, like, drama with, like, Talia and Selina and everything. That was, like, a little bit better handled. Yeah. I mean, I still didn't like that story very much, but yeah, that that was at least somewhat better handled than this. And, you know, it's not just us complaining, too. Tom King literally apologized on Twitter. Apparently, he got blasted from all sides on this one. He did. He really did. They they ripped his ass a new one. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, everyone. I guess I still uh, have a lot to learn about, you know, writing and everything and fan interaction. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. Thank you for admitting it. <laughs> but at the same time, too, it's like, can we all see now the problem with Tom King that it's not just me and Matt being haters? These problems have always been yeah. here. You're just now noticing them. Yeah, now now it's taken, what, 39, 38 issues yeah. for you to realize that something is wrong here. <laughs> now, that's not to say he's a hack. A hack wouldn't be able to have written Vision the way he did. A hack wouldn't be able to write Mr. Miracle the way he's writing it. But I think mm-hmm. it just speaks to what he excels at. He's very good at writing weird fringe characters off on their own where he's allowed to play around and do what he wants with little to no interference from, you know, continuity and everything else that's going on. Don't put this man on your AAA flagship books anymore until he learns to, you know. Yeah, yeah book, book, books that are, like, connected to other books that came yeah. out that week or something, you know. Yeah, don't d- don't let him do stuff that could constitute character assassination, because that's what this, fe- <laughs> for Wonder Woman, it felt like a bit of character assassination, even for Batman, too, to some degree. Yeah, yeah, it did. It also probably helps that, you know, in writing characters like Vision and Mr. Miracle, it's kind of done with, like, a bit of dream realism there, where it's like, I can I, I can accept them doing, like, weird stuff, and, like, logic doesn't have to make 100% sense, but here it's like, you don't even try to make the dots connect. Yeah, yeah, it just does it. You actively don't even try, and, like, man, here's the thing. Some people are like, oh, I wonder after all the, you know, backlash he got if he'll course correct for issue 40. Issue 40 is already probably at the goddamn printer. Here's the thing. People can't course correct on comics as quickly as you think they can. They have to be written, drawn, approved, and sent up to print, like, before. Especially this one, because it's on, like, a rotating week schedule. Yeah, this one, it's not going to be out this coming week, but next week. 
yeah, the finale so, of yeah. this one. Yeah. Which, goddamn, I wonder what that next one's gonna hold. Oh, God. <laughs> it's it's amazing to see backlash like this, and for once I can actually say, yeah, this was very much deserved backlash. This wasn't like people getting mad, like, I hate that creative choice. It's like people are like, no, I'm mad at this for very valid reasons. Yeah, they are very, very valid reasons this yeah. time. So, like, here's the thing. If you want to be mad at that, you can be mad at that. Please yeah. do. I wonder, is is the shine officially off Tom King now? Possibly. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Possibly, possibly. So, oh god, now, now we really need a palate cleanser to something that was actually good and something we enjoyed. Um, um, um. Oh, Superman from this week. Oh, Superman from this week was amazing. Nice little one shot in a day and age when we're getting more nice little one shots. What was what was this one about, Matt? Yeah. This one was about Superman and the Justice League fulfilling Make a Wish Foundation. Yeah wishes <laughs> yeah basically. basically yeah more or less I, I i called my one of this king for a day which i found out apparently king for a day is a phrase that doesn't track to other countries apparently that's a phrase they never got because they never got the game show but yeah make a wish foundation <laughs> i think more people are aware of what that is yeah yeah and yeah it was just super nice it was superman after fighting uh, you know d-list villains like the demolition men um who are in no way like the wrecking crew <laughs> Yeah, no, no, these guys are shit. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> these awful. guys. These guys are so bad. They make the Wrecking Crew look like the goddamn Secret Society of Supervillains. Yeah, it did though. When I read it, I'm like, it made me kind of respect like D D list like, oh, like yeah. heroes from like Metropolis and stuff who have to deal with Superman. They just <laughs> they they don't give up. They, they yeah, and no. I respect them for that. Oh yeah, they they <laughs> stayed at it. They were they they were in it for the gold. It's great too to see Superman in a fight after all these big Titanic fights with like Manchester Black and Mister Oz and everything. To have Superman just be bored in a fight and just be like, you you guys really need to step your shit up. Yeah, yeah, he was disappointed in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you guys can do better. Like, come back with a nuke, come back with something so you at least stand a chance. <laughs> it's like it's like that bit in one of the Austin Power movies when uh, uh, when uh, Michael Caine is beating up all those henchmen. It's like, look at you, you, you don't even have a name tag. You don't even stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, just lie down. Just, just, lie, just lie down. down. Just save me the trouble of even having to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they, they meet some nice kids who are suffering from cancer in the Metropolis a Children's Hospital, and they decide to, yeah, take them up on the watchtower and, you know, like, have a fun scavenger hunt with them. Yeah, that that was really good. You get the, the, the greatest treasure of them all is Batman smiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do the lost in translation thing where you don't know what the kid actually said to him to make him smile. Yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine he said, hey, Batman, I totally took an upper decker in Superman's personal toilet when he wasn't watching. <laughs> and Batman's like, that's fucking sweet, kid. You're awesome. I hit his trunks. <laughs> I hit his trunk. Yes, that's why I hit them. <laughs> he's been walking around this whole time. He doesn't even know he's not wearing them. <laughs> And Batman's like, that's sick as hell, kid. Tell you what, if you if you ever go into remission, if you want to become Robin, you can. <laughs> Hey, you want to be the new Oracle? <laughs> you can. You're in a wheelchair. That's like that's like half the job description. There. Do you know computers? Heck, even if you don't know computers, do you know how to work Google Maps? That's basically all you need. <laughs> half that high tech shit isn't even like cool anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, just, it was just a genuine, nice, sweet time. A good little one shot that reminds us, hey. As much as us, you know, like 20-somethings and adults are really into the minutia of superheroes, at the end of the day, the heart and soul of the superhero genre, especially of Superman, is the love, joy, and admiration of children. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I would call this a reaffirming issue, is what I would call this. Yeah, I would as well. This was a very reaffirming issue. I like it when... I, I would say that's probably one of the greatest triumphs of the DC Rebirth era. That is like, okay, here's our big arc, and then here's like one or two breathers. Yeah, I, I really like that they, they've been doing that. And they've been doing it consistently as well. It's not like something they did for like the first volume or something. Yeah. They've been consistently doing them with all their books, I think. Consistently over all the books, too. I, I like you're allowed to take a breather once or twice yeah. a week. I think that's really nice. Because, like, before in DC, uh, was it, uh, yeah, uh, DC Rebirth, it was just, like, one big story, or no, sorry, New 52, it was like, here's one big story to another big story to an annual to another big story. 
Yeah, yeah. So they definitely learned something from that. And uh, also, like, Marvel could stand to to really learn something from that and, you know, break up these big events with, like, a couple of couple of breather issues yeah just, just have some fun time for characters you know that'd be nice like maybe the maybe the avengers go to a movie and everything and they try and talk about yeah. like, okay who's who's getting snacks and who's going to save seats <laughs> yeah maybe the x-men just you know have a day at the school and just like learn something <laughs> they 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 used to do that all the time remember when the x-men played baseball they should do that again <laughs> yeah exactly they should have a whole issue that's just them playing baseball and then being like, oh, this year I'm going to win, I tell you. Yeah, hey, no powers. Yeah, no power. Oh, shit, that would be a thing. To see, like, okay, who actually is uh, sports-inclined without the use of powers. <laughs> that would be fun. Colossus is on our team. Yeah, he's the quarterback. Yeah, he's the quarterback. Yeah, hey, even even if, you know, he doesn't have his metal powers, he still is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> and is probably good at sporting. But yeah, that was Superman. Superman was good. Yeah. Now what uh, what else did you have? Uh let's look at my list here. Um we had the second part of No Surrender. Yeah, yeah, Avengers issue six seventy six. Yep, we sure indeed did. The secret origin of Voyager. Yeah, well, part secret origin of Voyager. Uh, yeah, because there's surely gonna be more coming. There's clearly a lot of this story they're still not telling us. Yeah, we don't know where she came from, but we know where she went. We know yes. about the the death of Voyager. Yes, she was a founding member of the Avengers back even in the first issue. And I, I a lot of people gave uh, gave out about this cover, but I quite enjoyed the cover where it's human hands holding the cover of the original Avengers number one, but it's Voyager superimposed there with the rest. Yeah. And then through the issue, they had, like, those little annotations, like, this happened in Avengers 1, don't you remember? And I I really liked that. I thought that was really meta. That was a super nice touch, and also, like, hey, look, we do actually pay attention and care about our history. Look at us as we actually cite issues where this shit really happened. Yeah, um, but yeah, we we get to learn a little bit about um, Valerie Vector and uh, her fight with the hero Victory, who is apparently like an old Mark Wade like yeah. reference to like an old character he made for like it was like Justice League or something. Yes, who under similar circumstances was like, oh, I was always a leaguer. You just forgot about me. Yeah, yeah. So that that I thought that was a really cool reference. That and is yeah, a nice touch. I have a, I have a feeling we're going to see Victory again. Oh, do you now? 